Come on, give it up for them. Oh, nothing like a good Father's Day joke battle. Uh, I love how whenever uh, Liz and Dale pop on the screen, everybody kind of starts clapping like, woohoo, there's celebrities around here. But I tell you what, Josh, he's like a stone wall, and, and Brittany, if you ever want to go up against anybody, she's the one, all right? She can't even get the joke out without laughing. That was awesome. Well, happy Father's Day. What a beautiful day it is to celebrate Father's Day. Let's give all the dads a good hand clap. Come on, give it up for them. And it's, it is an honor and a blessing to be able to, to join together, and worship together, but also to honor dads. And I was thinking about this this morning on the way to church that we, we celebrate dads on this day, but our Heavenly Father, we celebrate Him every day of our lives. Amen? And so we have a great Heavenly Father, but man, today just to honor dads, we got some really cool stuff for y'all. Uh, there is a picture spot in the foyer. We repurposed the Mother's Day picture spot and kind of X'd it out and, and made it more manly looking. And so y'all take a picture out there. How many of you dads in here, you just love taking pictures? Anybody? Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, how many of you ladies in here, you love your husband to take a picture? Okay, uh, that's, what I, that's more like it, okay. Uh, so great picture spot out there. They also got some really cool antique cars. Uh, we always love to have hot rods and antique cars on Father's Day. We had a little issue. My good friend Al, he always takes care of that for me. And uh, they, were, they were a little late with the cars this morning because they went to go pick them up and one caught on fire. Uh, so, but it's okay. Though They went ahead and pulled through and got them here. Man, they do a great job. He, he, we talked about it yesterday and I said, look, bro, I trust you. You just bring out what is super cool and that's exactly what he did. So great picture opportunities out there. And then check this out. We got a cool gift for all the dads. Uh, before you leave out here in just a little bit. I'm going to tell you more about that here in a few minutes. Now, I do want to take a moment to welcome any first-time guests. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here at Journey. And it's just a blessing to have you with us today. And also, those of you who are joining us online right now, great to have you with us to be a part of this service. So church family, let's give it up for those joining us online, our first-time guests. Come on, give them a great big hand clap. And here's what we're going to do today. I started thinking about this yesterday. I had to go to Home Depot because uh, I've had some conversations with my sons over the last several days because I've gone to do some jobs and the tools that I needed to do those jobs, they were not there. And uh, I don't know if any other dads had this, like your tools just disappear. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. So I went to Home Depot yesterday to buy a new shovel because the, the four shovels that I have just mysteriously disappeared. And uh, so I was at Home Depot buying stuff. And I love going to Home Depot. It's cool just to walk around in there and just buy stuff. Uh, you know, even if you don't need it, you need it. You know what I mean? And I can go in there and spend a whole lot of money real quick. But I love to buy tools, DeWalt tools, Rigid tools, Milwaukee tools. All that stuff's just super cool. And I started thinking about the different tools that we have at our homes. And, you know, a lot of times we have, just, you know, we've got basic tools. We've got, uh, you know, screwdrivers, pliers, hammers, that sort of thing, wrenches, socket sets. But I started thinking about the really cool tools that maybe you only have a couple of them because some, 
Sometimes they're kind of expensive, but maybe you borrow tools from different friends that maybe have the tool you need. And I got, I, we have some really great neighbors around us. You know, it's funny because most of our neighbors that live around us, the ones behind us, the ones to the side of us, the ones down the road, they're, they're part of the Journey Church family. And we have great neighbors. And uh, I, I hope I'm a great neighbor. I borrow tools from them all the time. Uh, the other day I went to, to one of my neighbors and he had uh, a bolt cutter that I needed to borrow because I wanted to cut a lock off something. And that thing's just cool. You feel like you can get into anything with that tool. But this is really awesome. The other day we were working at our house and I had to find the property corner, the little, little rebar iron in the corner. And I'm out there with a shovel digging around. I got a rake digging around. I could not find it for anything. So I called one of the neighbors and said, do you have a metal detector? And he said, no, I got something better than that. He had the, the, it's actually made to find corners, the little rebar piece in, in its magnetic locator. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. Well, I got out there and it's cool because it makes a noise like a lightsaber. Wah, wah. While you're using it, I'm like, this is awesome. But uh, I'm out there waving that thing around and I had searched for like 20, 30 minutes before. But when I got that tool and used it literally within 30 seconds like that, I found that corner. It just goes to show when you have the right tool for the job, you can get it done rather quickly. And so tools are, they're, they're really cool. You agree with that? Yeah. Borrowing tools are really cool. And I started thinking about this in the line of Father's Day, is that there's a lot of tools as parents, as dads, that we have at our disposal. Things that we think of that are just the average ordinary tool like, you know, like we're supposed to love our kids, right? You, you love. It's a great tool, great way to be able to express the love of God. We are supposed to love our kids, right? right. Okay, because y'all kind of sketchy on that when I said it the first time. <laughs> I told Stacy, you know, we're grandparents now, and regarding that, I told Stacy, I said, you know what's really great about grandkids? Your kids, you have to love them, uh, but your grandkids, you get to love them. And Y'all got real quiet, like, was that a sketchy statement? Or <laughs> you, you do, I mean, you got to have it. It's like you have a kid, you know, you're in the hospital, you're like, well, I got to love this kid, you know? And then you have grandkids, and it's like unbelievable, you get to really love them. But, uh, you know, we have love, we have integrity, we have honor, all these different tools at our disposal to be able to, to lavish our kids with those things. But I started thinking about the tools that a lot of times, things that are at our disposal, that a lot of times we overlook things that we don't take notice of, things that we just, you know, kind of don't really give a whole lot of thought to whenever it comes to parenting. And so today's message is not just for dads. If you're a dad, if you're a grandpa, check this out. This is going to really minister to you. But this is one of those messages that doesn't matter where you are in life. If you are a believer, if you are a Christ follower, if you're breathing, this is a message that all of us need to hear and, and apply it throughout life. Now, here's where we are. We're in a short, we're in a series called Short Stories by Jesus. Love this series because what we're doing is we're taking some of the stories that Jesus shared are in the Bible, they're known as parables, and we're looking at these stories. We're examining them and gaining perspective for our lives. And here's what's really cool about this. Jesus, whenever he taught in parables, he would make one basic point. And it was so valuable for us to be able to apply to our lives. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to go into a story. And it's a story that I've ministered on numerous times. I love this particular parable or short story by Jesus. But I actually ministered on this story back at Easter time. And, and I kind of hesitated like maybe I shouldn't use this parable. But, but I love it so much. And, and I want to go at it in a different way today. I want us to look at it a way we have never looked at it. And I want us to look at one of the figures in the story that a lot of times, I'm not going to say that he's overlooked, 
but he's a figure that we don't really give a lot of thought to. Uh, the story is a story uh, called the prodigal son. Who's the main character in that story? It's not a trick question. Okay. The story of the prodigal son. Who's the main character? The, the son. Probably gets named after him. Okay. So, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at the dad today. We're, we're going to look at him and we're going to gain some perspective for our lives as parents uh, as dads, even as believers, based off some things that we pick up in the story off of his life. But you may not realize this, but remember this. The, the dad in the story, it, he is a picture of God. In other words, the way that he loves, the way that he, he gives guidance and all this kind of stuff, it is a picture of God. And so it's very valuable for us to look at the story, gain some perspective, if we will look at the dad and, and consider his life. So if you have your Bible to today, take it out, go to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to read through the entire story with you today. A lot of times we go through and we hit key verses but I want to read through this entire story. So we're going to look at quite a few verses here. And this is what it tells us. It says, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Hmm. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Hmm, sounds like fun. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. That's always, I always thought, think that's kind of sad that he's wanting pig food. Verse 17, but when he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up, went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with, what's the word? compassion for him. Now, now, now I want you to notice something here. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him. In other words, what is he doing with his son? He's hugging his son and he kissed him. He's giving out hugs and kisses. One of the things that we say in our family is hugs are free, okay? And so he's giving him hugs. He's kissing him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a fatted calf and kill it. It's time to barbecue. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. I love this story. Now we're going to go into the latter part here in just a little bit. But I love this story because it's a picture of this young man making foolish decisions. And so often... We focus on the young man, we focus on his wild living, we focus on his redemption and all this kind of stuff. But today, I want us to focus on the dad. And I want us to focus on some attributes, some characteristics, or I'm going to even call them some tools that we see at work within him that he extended to his son 
that as the body of Christ, we need to be extending these to the people all around us, especially within our household, especially the ones we're married to, especially the ones that we have that are our children. These are the things that we need to be extending to them. So you might say, okay, well, Pastor, what are some things here that you see in this story that this dad, some attributes or some tools that he had at work within his life that are valuable to us? Well, the first one is this, is when I read this story, one of the first things I come across is I see mercy in this father's heart. Everybody say mercy. Now, in our story, the younger son wanted his inheritance. He said, he goes to his dad, he says, dad, hey, listen, I know you got lots of money. He said, I, I want my money now. In fact, I'm entitled to like half because my older brother's going to get his half, but I want my half now. Dad, I don't want to wait for you to die. I want it now. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems a little offensive. Would you agree? goes to his dad says dad give me my money and the dad I can see my reaction in that moment okay what would your reaction be like would you be like all right son I love you so much you know how would you respond and react in that moment I I don't know look at this story this dad I don't necessarily know in that situation if I would responded the same way and what that goes to show me is when it comes to mercy I could use some work within my life and guess what I think that the same holds true for probably almost everybody in this room. We could all use the Holy Spirit working on us in that area of our life because mercy is one of those things that we need at work within us. And so here's this son. He goes to his dad, Dad, give me my money. And the dad, it doesn't really talk about if there was any type of emotional response or anything like that. I don't think that there was because Jesus was the master storyteller. And if he had shared that, we would have seen this in this story. But what does he say? Basically, he says when the son asked for it, the dad, it says, so the dad divided his inheritance and gave his son his portion. There was mercy there. Now, here's the thing. In that moment, the father, I believe, that he would have been fully within his rights to rebuke his son. You think so too? Yeah. I think he would have been fully within his rights to put his son in his place and say, Son, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to come to me and demand what I have worked so hard my entire life for? And now you want it so you can go live a wild life? But the dad exhibits self-control. And self-control is a powerful thing. And that's something that we can learn from the story. That as parents, we need to make sure that we are walking with self-control at work within our life. And we're not led by our, our emotions, but we're led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we will respond to our kids in the way that God would respond to us. Okay? And so in this story, I look at this and I say, man, what a great guy. This guy has mercy at work within his life. And he extends this mercy. Now remember, he is a picture of God. He's a picture of our Heavenly Father. And here's what question that I have for you today. We talk about mercy. How many of you in here have ever had mercy extended to your life before? Okay? We, we all have. If, if you are a believer, then you understand what that mercy is because all of us are born as sinners. We all have a sin nature We've all messed up before, and a lot of times people hear that and they say, yeah, but hold on, that's not right, I'm a good person. But the reality is we might think that we are a good person, but the truth of the matter is we're not such good people. And the reason why I know that is because, and do not raise your hand whenever I start asking these questions, okay? 
How many of you have ever told a sin uh, told a sin before? How many of you have ever told a lie before? How many of you have ever taken something that doesn't belong to you before? How many of you have ever had an impure thought? How many of you have ever had a, a thought about somebody else that wasn't all that nice? Well, the reality is if we answered yes to any of that, it shows the condition of our human heart. And the condition of the human heart is that we are sinful people. And that's the very reason why we need the mercy of God. The very reason why God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth, to go to the cross, and to extend that mercy, that grace, that love, that forgiveness to us so that our sins can be washed away. And we can't just think of ourselves as a good person, but we can look at ourselves and say, you know what? There may be times that I've messed up, but I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins have been washed away, and I am now in relationship with God, the creator of everything. I'm one of his children, and I walk in relationship with him. And so the question for everybody in this room today would be, have you taken that step for your life? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus and allowed his mercy to be poured out over you? His forgiveness to be poured out over your life. And I would even say this to you. We learn so much from this story, this short story by Jesus, that mercy is something that we need to be operating in as well as the body of Christ. Within our households, with our spouse, with our kiddos, with our grandkids, we need to be operating in the mercy of God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good stuff right there. Because here's the deal, mercy a lot of times is one of those things that we say, well, you know, mercy's great when it's extended to us. But when mercy's extended to somebody else, we say, well, you know what, they've they done this and they've done that and they've messed up. But we need to be operating in mercy and just like God, pouring mercy out over people's lives as well. And so I, I realize this because mercy's a powerful tool because guess what, our kids are watching us. Our kids are learning from us. I remember back to whenever I was in Lafayette and we were children's directors. We had a, a, a situation happen in children's church one day and, and I had a parent after church whenever the kids were getting picked up. Parent wasn't that happy over how, how we had handled the situation and how we had corrected the children. And so that parent comes to me and man, they're reading me the riot act right there in the back of kids' church. They're, they're letting me have it. They're chewing me out. And I'm just standing there, and human nature wants to respond. Human nature wants to, you know, well, let me tell you something. Your kid's a brat, you know. <laughs> Self-control is an amazing thing. And so we're having this conversation, and I kept my emotions in check. And the parent, by the time they left, we settled everything. We, we left out of that situation as friends. And we continued on as friends in that point as well. But here's what happened. That parent walked away and another one of the workers came up to me and they were like, why did you let you know, them talk to you like that? I'm like, what do you mean? They were like, man, you, you know, in the situation, you should have told them this and you should have told them that. You should have said this. You should have put them in their place. I said, you know why I didn't do that? I said, notice when they left out, we were friends. We mended the situation Turn around and look, because they were facing me, they weren't facing the kids. They turn around and look behind you, and they turn around and say, see all them kids back, back there? They were watching what was going on as well. They could hear, even though we had a video playing, kids pay attention to what's going on around them. And we want to make sure that we handle things properly as the body of Christ. They were like, oh, I, I didn't think about that. But here's the thing. We have to make sure that with our kids, 
we handle ourselves and we let mercy be a wonderful thing. The reason why is because our kids are watching. And one of the things that I've discovered throughout my life is that so many times, especially with our kids, the view of they, that they have of God a lot of times is projected of how they look at us. Okay. In other words, if we have no mercy, if we are, are, are judgmental, if we are harsh, if we are dictatorial, that's how our kids tend to picture God and who he is. But if we are loving and graceful and merciful and, and there's all these things that work within us, then our kids have that picture of God as well. That's why whenever I look in the scripture and I see things like Luke 6.36 where it says, be merciful just as your father is merciful, what the writer's trying to teach us is that, hey, listen, what we need to understand is that we need to walk in the same type of mercy that God walks in. And our kids are watching us. And so here's the thing. In this story that we see a picture of God in this father. And he restores his son. And God is loving. God is merciful to all of us. And we need to also let our kids see that in our lives each and every day. So mercy. I look at this story and I see mercy. And I say, what an amazing thing. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Within our household, there's a lot of times I've dropped the ball on this. There's a lot of times I've walked away from a situation and I thought, you know, I could have handled that so differently. Uh, we had a situation some years ago when the boys were little. I got a call from the school one day. Uh, it was before we, we had built this, this church. I mean, this, this wasn't here. The boys all went to Denham Springs Elementary and I get a call one day, and we had good relationships with all the teachers. We'd gone to the teacher-parent you know, meetings, and we, had, we knew the principal there. He was new, so we had met him. And I get a call one day from the principal, and I'm just going to tell you what. When, he, when I answer the phone, this is how, you know, hello. And he says, Pastor Coleman? I'm like, oh, great, he knows I'm a pastor. <laughs> you know, like, man. What, I'm like, okay, thinking to myself, okay, well, is this, is this a good call? Or is this a bad call? Okay, and, and based off the way he said Pastor Coleman, I ascertained that it probably wasn't a good call, okay? And I'm like, yes, sir, what's, what's going on? How can I help you? And he says, well, we've had an issue with one of the boys at school today, and I needed to call and let you know what's going on. And I said, huh. And I'm on the phone talking this thing out. And I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll make sure we handle that whenever they get home. Because I'm going to tell you what, we're not one of these parents that like, okay, you know, and then our kid gets home and we blame everything on the teacher and the principal and all that. We took care of business. We took care of business when you got home, okay, if you know what I mean. And so the, the boys, they, we picked them up from school and they get in the vehicle and, and I'm like, hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? He's like, it's pretty good. I said, really? Well, I got a call from the principal today. He got quiet. <laughs> you want to tell me what happened today in school? And he gave me his side of the story. And we get home, and I said, well, you know what? Go to your room. Your mom and I are going to talk. We're going to, just, we're going to figure out what your punishment's going to be. Because even though I hear your side of the story, you were still wrong. You handled the situation wrong. And there's going to be, con there's going to be consequences. <laughs> Y'all like that, huh? See that? My, it's, I, everybody's been asking me today, like, hey, where'd the boys find? I bought this shirt, okay? <laughs> I bought this shirt to wear for fathers. And listen to this. I bought this shirt, came in, showed my wife. I'm like, I'm so excited, so proud. She's like, you're not wearing that shirt to church. 
already in trouble, so I might as well keep going. I, so I said, Stacy, why, why can't I wear this shirt? She said, that, it, that bear on the shoulder it looks too mean. It looks, it's mean, you know. I said, well, he didn't have one with a unicorn on it, you know. So, and then I told her, I said, well, you tell me every night that after about 9, 10 o'clock, I turn into Papa Bear, and that's what I look like, all right. So anyway, that, that's me. That day, I'm like, you know what, go to your room. We're going to deal with this. And uh, me and Stacey are talking, and, and I'm just like, you know, hey, hey, buddy, you, get ready. It is on, you know. And so, anyway, eventually I, I make my way in there and I said, as I, and the Holy Spirit just kind of got a hold of my heart in, in that moment. And I walked in and I said, hey, listen. I said, your mom and I talked and here, this is the punishment you're going to get. But instead of being as harsh in that moment as I really wanted to be, the Holy Spirit convicted my heart and, and I decided to extend mercy. There were still consequences. The consequences just were not as severe in that moment. And you know what it turned into? It turned into one of those moments where I was able to sit and talk with my son and explain to him and walk him through and help him understand and see why he did what he did was wrong. He was still punished. The punishment lasted for, I don't know, a week or two. But it, in that moment, because of being led by the Holy Spirit, there was mercy extended. And man, I was able to teach him so much. So that's why I say in this story, we look at the story of the dad and the dad had tremendous mercy. The dad could have been like, son, I'm going to just smack you in your head for coming and asking for your inheritance. But no, he had mercy. All through the story, you see the mercy of the father. And man, we learn so much about that for our lives and in our parenting style. I'm not saying there should not be consequences for our kids whenever they mess up. There need to be consequences whenever we discipline. But we also need to be willing to extend mercy as well. Amen? Now, here's the next thing, and you may not understand why I say this, but the next thing that I see in this dad that is absolutely amazing is I see a sensitivity at work within his life. Now, it goes hand in hand with what I just talked about, and it's obvious in this story that, that he had a heart that was sensitive. And the reason why I say that, do you remember how he responded whenever he sees his son? In the story, he rushes to his son. What does he do? Come on. He hugs them, and what else does he do? He kisses them. A lot of guys are like, oh, my gosh. What, what are you trying to teach us today, Pastor Jay? You're trying to sissy us up in here. But here's the deal. I honestly think that when it comes to our kids, most of the time we always, especially as dads, we got a sensitive side to us. A lot of times we try to cover that up, but the reality is we do have a sensitive side to us. And a lot of times, based on our upbringing, we want to push that off. We want to cover that up. But we need to learn to be sensitive to our spouse. We need to learn to be sensitive to our kids. We need to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how he's going to lead us and direct us. Because that, that makes all the world a difference within our household as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us. I, uh, there's another story in Scripture that I love. And in this story, we see a sensitive side to a dad and a mom and it's the time whenever Jesus was a boy and his parents they, they lost him he, he got misplaced in the caravan and uh, they're rushing around looking for him trying to find him when they find him he's in the temple and, and he's reading scriptures and he's teaching it's it's an amazing story but I always go back to this you know what I may have messed up as a parent before but at least I've never lost the son of God you know and uh 
I mean, seriously, like I could imagine Joseph like, oh man, it's going to be bad when we get to heaven. Uh, I lost Jesus. I, I see Jesus up in heaven. Hey, Joseph, remember that time you lost me? <laughs> so, all right, just acting crazy now. But in, in this story, they are frantically searching for Jesus. And, and I'm going to tell you something. As parents, if you've ever lost one of your kids before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you, your heart begins to race. You begin to like, oh, man, what, what is going on? we we got to find this kid. It's not like you're just going to be like, you know what? Not a big deal. We'll just make more. You know, you, you're rushing around, and, and you're looking for the kids. And here's Mary and Joseph. They're looking for Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 48, it says, when they find him, when his parents saw him, they were astonished at, at the situation of Jesus teaching. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Look at the next phrase. Your father and I have been, what's the word? Anxiously searching for you. We've been looking for you. Our hearts have been, have, have been racing. We, we know you're the son of God and we know that God's in charge. Of, but you're our son. We're responsible for taking care of you while you're here. And, and we've been looking for you. And in that phrase, I think you see the sensitive side of Mary and Joseph. You see the sensitive side of this dad, and, and, and here's the deal. Uh, you, you know, you think about that in regards to our parenting, we need to make sure that we are sensitive whenever it comes to our kids. And I, I'm going to tell you this much. We talk about that, about being sensitive to our spouse, about being sensitive to our kids. But I'm going to go back to this point. We need to be sensitive to the leading and following of the Holy Spirit and the reason why is because when we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it trickles over into the areas of our life. With your spouse, whenever the Holy Spirit whispers into your heart uh, how to minister to your spouse or love your spouse or forgive your spouse, you are able to do that because you have your heart open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to your kids, if you are led by the Holy Spirit, there are things that you will be in tune with the Holy Spirit leading you and directing you, and He will, he will give you... Uh, you know, tidbits of information. Our kids have been like, man, how did you know that? We've told our kids their whole life, hey, listen, you can lie to us, tell us whatever, but the Holy Spirit's going to show us. And I'm going to tell you something, that puts the fear of God in them right there. I'm just going to tell you. Another thing is this, they also don't know that parents share information. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through other parents, but I'm going to tell you, and within your households, dads, listen up. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit right now. You guys remember that uh, we talked about Royal Family Kids Camp some months back. You've heard us talking about it all throughout this year. Uh, Y'all actually paid for the camp whenever we did our legacy offering back in December. Y'all gave towards that and actually gave over and above it to work so that we can put money towards a new care point in Belize. But what this camp is, it is us taking a bunch of foster children, kids who live a life that many times, it's not like the life that we think of, and, and a lot of these kids are neglected, a lot of ki these kids have had things happen in their life that maybe we can't even fathom, but what, what is it, six weeks? In six weeks? In six weeks, we have 28 kids lined up to take the Royal Family Kids Camp, and we've had a lot of people within this church step up to be counselors and whatnot, but here's the thing that I, I found this out this morning is that we have 28 kids that are excited and raring to go to camp, but we have five kids, boys, right? Five boys that are on a waiting list. At this point, they can't go to camp. They want to go to camp, but they cannot go to camp. We've paid their way. It's a done deal, 
But the reason why they cannot go to camp and they're on a waiting list is we need two more male counselors. And so I'm going to ask you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And if you as a guy would be willing to take some time off in six weeks to go to this camp to minister to kids and, and to show them the love of Jesus, uh, take out a Connect card, fill it out, and check off. You know, put your information on there, but right on the bottom of it, uh, Royal Family Kids Camp, and we will be in touch because we want to make sure that all these kids are able to be ministered to, and we just need two more male counselors so that these five boys can go to camp. So you might be like, Pastor, you pressuring us? Kind of. <laughs> but I'm just asking you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because in this guy's life we see sensitivity, we see mercy, but here's the last thing, and we're going to wrap this up right here, that I see in this dad's life is consistency. Now, I like that, and the reason why is because that is something that a lot of times we don't think about whenever it comes to parenting. And here's what I like about this. This was not a dad who just flew by the seat of his pants. He was very consistent in his parenting because you see the response that he has with one son, he has the same exact response with another son. The older son, when he hears about the party, he gets a little aggravated. Verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing, so he called over one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. He threw a temper tantrum. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me and everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. You know what I see in this dad's life? I see consistency. He could have got in his son's face and said, let me tell you something, boy. But the mercy and sensitivity that he showed to one son, he showed the same thing to the other son. We can look at the older brother and we can get really kind of critical, kind of harsh. You know, we can say, you know what, I can't believe that that guy would do that. But if you look at the story and imagine everything that they walked through, I think a lot of times we probably would have responded the same way in the situation. But the dad extends the mercy and sensitivity to him. And the brother brings his heart within check. And, and I love this because in this story, you see such a consistency there. And I'm going to tell you what. We need that to be a part of our lives, within our households, within our marriages. We need that to be within our, our, our parenting skills. We need that to be a part of our relationship with God. Consistency. Not this, we're serving God one day when things are good or, or bad or whatever, and then a week, two down the road, we're not serving God, and then we're back, we're all over the place. There needs to be a consistency in our walk with God. And times are good, times are bad, times are mediocre. We serve the Lord and love Him and walk with Him in that relationship no matter what. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something. As, our, as parents, we have to be able to model this for our kids as well. The greatest model that I've ever had or seen of this in my entire life is my dad. I'm honoring him on this Father's Day, but I would say this any day, is that my dad is a man of God. He did not have to raise me. He took me on whenever I was 18 months old. 
uh, when he and my mom married. But he has been the greatest example of consistency. Just loving the Lord, loving his wife, loving his kids, loving his family. And, and I can honestly sit up here today and tell you that I've never heard my dad curse, never heard my, seen my dad drink, never heard my, seen my dad uh, harm my mom. He's only taking care of her. And uh, you know what? I, I look at that and say, what a wonderful thing that, that my dad modeled that for me. And we need to be able to, to model consistency for our kids. It's a wonderful overlooked tool for parenting, but also a wonderful thing for our walk with Jesus Christ. Now, today, maybe you hear all this. You say, oh, that's a great story of the prodigal son. Never really thought about the dad that light. But okay, get it, Pastor. You're talking about mercy and sensitivity. You're talking about consistency. But I didn't have that model for me. My, my dad, my parents, they, they didn't. That, that's something that they did not do. So how do I handle that? Because there's some, there's some baggage. And I get it. Sometimes baggage is painful. But let me tell you what you can and cannot do with baggage. You've got a choice to make whenever it comes to baggage. Whenever you're carrying baggage, there's one or two things that you can do with it. You can keep carrying it, or you can what? You can set it down and walk away from it. And I would tell you today that the Holy Spirit would lead you to let him begin to minister to those parts of your life, to set those things down and let the healing process begin within your heart. And then your response to this is, okay, maybe mercy and sensitivity and consistency was not modeled for you, but from this day forward, you can begin to model it within your household. That mean you're always going to knock it out of the park and everything perfect, but let the Holy Spirit lead you and begin to model it from this day forward within your marriage, uh, for your kiddos, for your friends, the people around you, and begin to model Jesus. Amen? Amen? So let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for every person that is in this room, Lord God. They're not here by mistake or by accident, but Father, you purpose for them to be here. And Lord, today we honor you. We celebrate you as our Heavenly Father. But Father, today as we think about earthly fathers, I thank you that, Lord, let mercy and let sensitivity and let consistency be something that is a part of our life. Let us strive for this as we grow in our relationship with you every single day. Now, every eye closed, every head bowed. Here's what I'm going to ask you. You heard me talk earlier about surrender, surrendering our lives to Jesus. And there's some of you in this room right now that maybe you've not taken that step to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you, you've looked at, you know, well, I need to be more religious or I just need to try to be good. Or if I do these things, I can get into heaven. And the, the, the response to that is no. Jesus said that he's the only way to heaven. And today, you can surrender your life to him. And that his mercy, his grace, his love, his forgiveness can be poured out over your life. And you can walk out of here in the next few moments a completely different person as you let Jesus become Lord and Master and Savior of your life. Today, if you want to take that step for the very first time, I want to pray with you. There might be others of you in this room who would say, well, Pastor Jay, my heart, I surrendered to Christ some time ago but my heart has kind of wandered from God. My commitment that I had for him is not where it needs to be. And today I need to renew my commitment to Christ. And so today, either, either which one of those, I want to pray with you. And today with every eye closed in this place, nobody looking around, please. It's a very personal moment. But I do like to know who that I'm praying with. And so here's what I'm going to ask you today. To, between me and you and God, 
If you would say, Pastor, I want to be a part of that prayer. It's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus. Or it's time for me to renew my commitment to Christ. Do me a favor and raise your hand and let me see it. Is there anybody here like that today, sir? I see you here, right here, right here, back over here. I see you over here, right over here. I see you right here. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Don't I see you over here. Don't miss this moment. Now, for those of you who raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Here's your prayer. You open up your heart and you just talk to the Lord right there where you are. And church, let's encourage these ones who raised their hands. Let's pray with them. I want you to pray this prayer loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. Every person in this room, I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for extending mercy to me. You paid the price for my sins at the cross. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. And today I repent. I ask for your forgiveness. Through your precious blood, today make me brand new. I surrender to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, come live in my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I give you everything I am. And today I thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy. Thank you for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is so good. Now, here's what I want to ask you to do today. If you are a a dad, a grandpa, a stepfather, a foster dad, uh, it takes on a lot of different faces in in the society that we live in today. Would you stand to your feet? We want to pray for you today. Stand to your feet. And let's give these men a tremendous hand clap today. Give it up for them. Awesome. Now, I want to pray for you. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take your hands and just hold them out like this, like I'm, like I'm giving you a gift. I want to just pray over you today. Father, I lift up every man before you right now. And Lord, I just speak your blessings over their lives. That Holy Spirit, their hearts would be open to you, leading them and directing them and the decisions that they make, is how they love their family, how they love you. Work within their hearts. Work within their lives. Lord, let your mercy, your sensitivity, let consistency be there within all of our lives as dads and grandpas. And Father, may we reflect who you are to our families, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that through life we keep our eyes, our heart focused on you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work that you are doing in all of us. We love you today and I thank you, Father, for your blessings over these mighty men of God. We give you all praise and glory today in Jesus' name. What's everybody say? Amen. Come on, let's give them another good hand clap. You can be seated. Now, before I dismiss you, I got to just tell you a couple things. Uh, I got a gift for you, but let me, before I tell you that, let me just tell everybody in this room who raised your hand to surrender your heart to Jesus, I want you to do me a favor. This is big. I want you to take out a connect card, fill it out, check off that little box that says, today I gave my heart to Jesus. Here in a little bit, our prayer team's going to be here in the front. Yeah, you can drop that card at the Welcome Center. I'd rather you bring it up to one of our prayer team. 
because they can talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Jesus, and that's so important. But guys, I got you a gift. Over the last couple years, we've done things like food. I think one year we did boudin. Last year we did briscotchis from Buddies. But this right here is a gift. I wanted to give you something this year. And last year they dropped, there's some guys in Central that, that make this, and they dropped some samples by the office last year. It, it's soap. And when I saw it, I'm like, soap? I'm like, I just use like dial soap, you know? I, I'm kind of cheap, so like the cheapest one I can find, that's what I use. And so I'm like, whatever. But I grabbed a bar and took it home. And I got to tell you, this stuff is absolutely, it, it is awesome. In fact, it's so awesome for the last year I've been buying it. And a couple weeks ago, I joined the Soap of the Month Club. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, don't judge me. Now, I told Stacey, said, I'm tired of, you know, driving and buying this stuff. They, they send me like two bars a month now. But uh, this stuff is awesome. It's made by a couple guys here in Central. Great little company, doing a good job. And we love to support local businesses here in Central. So on your way out, grab one of these bars. If you are a dad, grab one of these bars of soap. Take it home. Be blessed with it. And we just celebrate you today for being a dad. So let's all stand to your feet. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Our prayer team's going to begin to make their way here to the front. If you need prayer for anything, listen to me closely. Don't walk out of here with the same burdens weighing heavy within your heart. But come and let somebody pray with you and minister to you. Go take a car. Uh, uh, don't, don't take a car. Go. <laughs> not good Father's Day advice. Go take a picture by one of the cars or the photo spot. Enjoy your day with your family. Happy Father's Day. And don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.